even happening? Is it is it real? Are we on? Are we live? I think so. I can hear your phone notifications. This is <laughs> so much. You know what? I don't understand how this radio thing works. Like, is it? I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely not. So, trigger warnings. In this show, we often talk about re- we talk about religious and personal trauma. Our episode often includes subjects centering around manipulation, gaslighting, coercion, toxic masculinity, patriarchy, shame, guilt, brainwashing, emotional, mental, and physical abuse. If any of these topics are things you don't want to hear today, please feel free to skip this episode. Your mental health is always the top priority. So for recording purposes, because I forgot to turn it on the other day, I mean the other minute, Mm -hmm. let's introduce ourselves again hello my name is aiden ash my pronouns are they them this is it's our turn queers in cults and my very very special guest today my dear friend is here with us hello aiden i am tony you are tony oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) sorry i totally interrupted your introduction please continue all right let's do it over let's start up (laughs) 30 Um, minutes in let's do this again okay (laughs) uh tony he him pronouns awesome and uh and I am so excited to hear your story today. You're here. You have so graciously decided, um, like, agreed to come on here. <laughs> so it sounds like I sent you a contract, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we actually had to sign some things. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> we have a non-disclosure agreement, and there's this little, like, release of liability we had to get to. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> um, no, I'm so glad that you were willing to do this because um, – as as interesting as I know that I am, <laughs> Very. and and Emerson also, uh, oh, I yes. right? They're just so fantastic. I love Emerson. Emerson is taking a self care day day today, mm-hmm. and that's why they're not here. Yes, and I am so 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 happy that they're doing that because it's uh, extremely important. It's <laughs> so important. It's so important to take um to take self care days. It's so important to to uh, put your mental health first and especially when you're doing something like this where you're talking about yourself, you're talking mm-hmm. about your trauma, you're talking about your past, it does get overwhelming and exhausting. Yeah. And so it's really important to put your mental health first. And like we said earlier in the disclaimers, we talk a lot about a he- uh, we talk about a lot of heavy stuff on here. So um, always put your mental health first and and um <clears throat> And uh, uh, we love that you're here, but if t- if this these are subjects you can't listen to, it's okay. Just you know, catch mm-hmm. us another time. So, Tony, hello, hello. How are you feeling today? I am so excited. Are you excited? Yeah. I'm so glad. Are you a little bit nervous? Because I get a little bit nervous. Um, I, yeah, but I like to say that it's just excitement. Yeah, totally. Like it's you a know? nervous excitement. It's mm-hmm. not like. I don't know what am I doing? What yeah. did I agree to? Get me out of here. I mean, it's definitely, the, I think the last time I was on the mic like this, I was doing a solo for choir. Oh, you're a singer, uh, are ya? Mm, uh, yeah. <laughs> you're uh, a vocalist. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a radio station if you'd like to sing a hum, hum a few bars. No. So, <laughs> no, I won't be doing that okay, today. Okay, okay. Um, That's not in your agreement. We understand. We'd have to pay you extra. <laughs> yes. I don't um, know where this, like, fucking <laughs> Linda Belcher voice is going. I know, this. but I like it. I like Can it, we? too. <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll come up with a drag persona name. and um, Apple cider vinegar. What's that? Oh, a drag name. Oh, I was like, 
does it help? Are you trying to tell me my voice sounds bad? I don't understand what you're saying. Like, what what does this mean? It really helps your stomach, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just makes everything better, like my ears that are bleeding because I'm listening to you. Uh, <laughs> Tony, Tony, Tony. Uh just dive right in. I don't know if you have a plate. Like, tell like, tell us who you are, where you're from, what's your thing, what you do, what okay. you're dealing with. God, this is gonna, yeah. this is gonna be a thing. I'm <laughs> gonna keep is, talking like this. Sorry. <laughs> this is good. Um, so I am from, um, originally from Indiana. I was born in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, moved around a lot in Indiana, and basically went to five different high schools. Just to, that just shows how much I moved around a lot. Which, I mean, just that experience alone, we could make a whole episode out of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the social, the social <sighs> challenge of just starting a new life every fucking year, you know? Yeah, no, it was some bullshit. Um, yeah. <laughs> Which we cuss a lot by the oh, good. Show, so, oh, good. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I meant to tell you that before that uh, we should probably add that into our trigger warnings because we cuss nonstop on this show. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I, d- I do kind of, us like a sailor. That's why we're friends. Mm -hmm. That's why we get along so well. So, but yeah, I moved around a lot. Um, I actually lived in Michigan um, for two different times, but Mm -hmm. probably a year and a half total. Okay. Um, And fuck Michigan, by the way. Um, I literally was getting ready to say, so how was Michigan? uh, Cold. (laughs) Cold? (laughs) Like, ridiculous. Oh. Blizzards. Why? You know, blizzards. Gross. <laughs> we don't do that. We anyway, don't do, we don't. We don't. We don't like that here. We don't support <laughs> blizzards. Yeah. So, um, anyway, and then eventually moved to Alabama in mm-hmm. high school, um, and so how was Alabama? Let's take a second <sighs> talk about Alabama. How was it? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. I know okay. the answer to the question. I'm just asking. <laughs> so basically, whatever, um, whatever you've heard about. Alabama is true and worse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's all, all the, true times ten. All Thank the stereotypes. You. Mm-hmm. It's it's true, um, uh, which is unfortunate. But it's unfortunate. I mean, uh, there's good things about Alabama too. All right. Okay. Um, I'll take your word for it. I just don't. I just, I just don't. know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> that's on the next podcast. Uh, yeah, um, that's, a, that's a whole entirely different episode. <laughs> So, <laughs> anyway, and then, so when in, when people ask me where I'm from, I usually just say Alabama. Gotcha. So, because my family is currently there. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, anyway, so that's where I was from. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved out to uh, Cali in, I want to say, 2016 um, for a cult. For a cult, you moved right here for a cult. Oh, wonderful! We love it. Mm -hmm. We love it. That's why you're here. That's why I was. Yeah. What type of cult might I ask? Like, is there a particular sect of religion that it was centered? Yeah, um, non-denominational Christian would be the most. Yeah. um, I guess that's what you would put a sect in, but they're they come from um, Church of God, which is okay. I would say more charismatic. Okay, Christianity. Charismatic, charismatic Christian for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I, I was raised Pentecostal, yeah. and and uh, uh, uh. Oh, yeah, I know, right? Um, and there, are, I'm, I'm, admittedly, I need to, I should, I should like inform myself a little bit more. There's so many different branches of Christianity. You know, there's Baptist, Tons. and then there's Southern Baptist, and there's like Church of God, and and um, and uh, I think my uncle and aunt they they pastor a church. 
um, down south. And I think theirs is a a church of God, but then there's like this type of church of God and that type of church of God. And there's all these different branches and and it gets... Branches inside of branches. (laughs) It's so confusing and it's so difficult, you know, like to, to... to keep up with all of them and it adds a lot of extra pressure when you're just like I can't remember what we do and what you do and then and it's not so much like a, a <clears throat> I I, I want to hear a story and and I I will constantly go on tangents so you can just you know oh no this make is... hands a little bit or something tell me to wrap it up no, this is but <clears throat> the it's the pressure isn't it, it, being it. <sighs> it's so judgmental that's a that's the point I'm trying to make is that like mm-hmm. you could be literally a branch two churches could be two different branches of the exact same denomination and they would be like well you're wrong because of x y and z and you're wrong because of x y and z like it's so like yeah the the differences are so important because there was this like um self-righteousness you know mm-hmm. and that makes it really mm-hmm. really difficult and, and i know in, in pentecostal churches is um as far as judgment goes yeah there's uh my my mom's one of her best friends uh, was in the Pentecostal church, and you know she wore the skirts yep, all the time. Totally. Um, and it was like such a um, competition, especially for the yes. women. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know who's the prettiest this Sunday? Who has yes. the best hair? Who yes. has the best makeup? Or well, not makeup. Not makeup. We didn't. <laughs> well, they didn't wear any. Yeah, yeah we're not allowed to. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, no makeup. Um, no but makeup. you know, like just who had the best who who showed the who, the best brooches like what, yeah like, seriously like and uh my sister and i have we used to talk a lot about you know because the reason that we believe I mean, there, there is a united pentecostal church there's a few united pentecostal churches locally but <clears throat> we were friends with ironically pentecostal and united pentecostal are like constantly at war but also united uh, pentecostal yeah. churches a lot of times they um a lot of a lot of times people from United Pentecostal churches will, um, I think it's called proselyze. I can't remember that. I may be saying that wrong. I'll look it up. But where you go to other churches and try to convince them to come to your church because your church is the only one going to heaven, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And (laughs) yeah. So we were friends with a lot of people from this one particular church. And the whole reason that we weren't allowed to that we weren't allowed to wear makeup was it. We weren't supposed to be bringing attention to ourselves. We weren't supposed to be, we need to be bringing attention to God and makeup was, you know, like was flashy and, and brought attention to ourselves. And I just remember having this conversation with my sister. She's like, I don't understand why we're not allowed to wear makeup because we bring attention to ourselves. But these women can wear these huge, <laughs> like these, their, their hair is four feet tall, you know, immaculately like styled, which the hair is fine. It was beautiful. Well, but then yeah. there would be this it, huge feather. It's like basically a hat, but it was a hairpiece. This feathers and jewels and mm-hmm. and and all the stuff. It's on compensation. Hair. Yeah, it's you like, know, if we're if anything's bringing attention to yourself, it's not the like light eyeshadow or like like a little bit of concealer. It's that peacock you have sitting on the top of your head. <laughs> and they would use feathers sometimes. <laughs> they w- it was no, it was feathers. Yeah, they use b- bows, bows and, and big feathers ass, and just yes, every blingy bows. Like the oh irony. God. Was that I haven't had that good of hair as a drag queen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I couldn't I make wigs look that good. I mean, you know, honestly, it was kind of nice to see I think, I think the, the women dress up and look really beautiful. And, yeah, totally. But it was such a competition. It was a competition. You're absolutely right. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago how 
every single Sunday felt like the the event, the social event of the year, mm-hmm. because it was like, in, you know, everyone had to like look tip top, you know, everything as particularly all of the pressure was always on the women. And yeah. I would like to also remind everyone, we say this um, often that when we use the term male and female or men and women, we are using mm-hmm. language that that church uses to yes. um, classify and identify people, male and female, men and women is not the language that we use we believe genders on a spectrum and that um male and female are not uh indicators of gender or anything but we use that language to indicate something that to that the church used mm-hmm. that church used so just wanted to clarify that but the pressure was always on the women yeah so oh much. Yeah. yeah and you know not only not to think about it it's not just the pentecostal church it's um like especially uh southern and out like in Alabama, a mm-hmm. lot of the Baptist churches, yeah. they would they would dress up like hardcore. Yeah. And their suits and ties and and yeah. dresses and hats and the suit <laughs> the suits and ties. Uh when I was in my let's see, early twenties. Yeah, early twenties. It was so you know, I was fucking I was you were weird as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, sometimes yeah. I feel like I was more flashy then than I am now, but the only way we had to express ourselves was with suits and ties. And it was so popular to have like, you know, it was so like the only thing we could have was suits. And then we met some people from down South and they were super flashy with their clothes. And, mm-hmm. and so I was getting all of these like different colored suits and, and stuff. And my favorite one I would wear, I had, you know, it was like black slacks and I had this white jacket with this, like kind of paisley pattern. It was like black, white and gold paisley pattern with a matching handkerchief. Mm-hmm. And it and then these black and white like uh like they were fake, but they looked like, you know, some kind of like leather or or, or like snakeskin black and white shiny shoes. Mm-hmm. I was like Oh so pretty. What? So pretty. So pretty. <laughs> so pretty. Yeah. I was like, how did they not know? I mean obviously everyone did know. But like <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, it was, God, so funny. So, 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 so funny. See, I, the church I grew up in was a, it was a Baptist church, but it was boring. We wore our Walmart best and Mm -hmm. I I just was like, (laughs) I kind of wish we had like bling bling and (laughs) we were like, well, it was, well, yeah, totally. It was, uh, we weren't allowed to really do that growing up, but it was just the pastor, the bad, you know, I talk about our church. We had a good pastor and bad pastor and bad pastor was really Mm -hmm. into self-image and being mm-hmm. noticed and that was the most important yeah. thing and so being flashy a certain level of flashy was okay because it brought attention made us look good and made us look rich is what it made it look like it was all about looking wealthy Ugh. yeah mm-hmm. he was all Ugh. about looking wealthy yeah so gag you mentioned the church that you grow up in do you mind talking a little bit more about that yeah sure it was um in indiana it was a baptist church um and originally so we had i I guess I could use good pastor, bad pastor too. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but originally we'll say bad pastor. Okay. Um, just much more conservative with his views and mm-hmm. Christianity and, and well, life. <laughs> life in general, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he was pastoring there, but um, it was uh, like everybody would just come to church and put on this mask. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was such a tight community, that church. Um, everybody knew each other, you know, yeah. we would all hang out with each other, have yeah. dinners and all this, you know, so we all pretty much knew each other. Mm-hmm. And I can remember hanging out 
with a friend of mine and going to his house. I love his mom. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. To this day, she's a saint. Oh. <laughs> Um, and like Beth- in a good way, not yeah. like a when we say, oh, they're a saint, you know. Her name's Beth Ann. Oh, oh sweetheart. Lovely. I love that name. Okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, her husband. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, it's always the husband. Why is it always yeah. the husband? Well, we it's know a, why it's we, always the husband. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Hashtag. That's a um, different TED talk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Oh, God. I'm going to laugh so much in this. I know. I love it. I'm uh, hilarious. So are you. It's, 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 you are We're not going to get anything accomplished. We're no. just going to make jokes the whole We're time. Just... And I love it. <laughs> okay. So um, anyway, husband, asshole, mm-hmm. period. Um, and, to be common. <laughs> and he was like a cop. And mm-hmm. imagine that. Mm-hmm. So, and he was just a dick. And <laughs> his, his children didn't feel comfortable around him. Like, yeah. And there was just so much going on in the home that was just a mess and it was just like my home is well not you know different things but but same like a mess same yeah same like uh uh, atmosphere yeah and then we would all go to church (laughs) you know all these families had their big ass messes Mm -hmm. and then we'd all come to church and put on masks and be like praise god we love our lives everything is wonderful what a beautiful family we have all that you know like shut up (laughs) the Irony, and I keep interrupting you. Not interrupting, but you just have so many good points that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I've had like four shots of coffee. Uh, <laughs> the irony yeah. of so many toxic religious environments claiming that queer people are faking. They're faking. They're faking. It's not real. Being queer is not mm-hmm. real. Being gay is not real. Being you know all the, it's not real. You're faking it. You're just you're you're not being authentic. The irony of all of these Christian families, abusive parents the men are almost always awful and mm-hmm. happy, mm-hmm. um, toxic, abusive in some capacity. Um, the, the marriages are so often miserable because they're not based on love or, you know, or mutual respect or anything. It's, you know, like <clears throat> it's based on so many toxic things. I mean, how can you base something positive on such a, in such a toxic religious environment, you know? Yeah. And just, Horrible home lives, horrible daily lives, everyone miserable, no one's happy, no one likes each other. Walk into church and everyone is just, praise the Lord, that life is so good, everything's so, I'm being so, we're so blessed, blah, 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 blah. The minute they walk out of the door, it's right back to like, we hate yeah. life and we hate you and we hate everything. Yeah. But yet we're inauthentic. I'm inauthentic because I'm queer. You know, like mm-hmm. the irony of that was just always so. Yeah. <sighs> and I mean, we had, like, family pictures on the wall in the church. Like, everybody had their family photos, and it was just, it was, felt, it was icky. Yeah. <laughs> that feels icky. That <laughs> feels like, so icky. All these smiles and, every, you know, like, I was just like, this is so fake. Um, <sighs> but anyway, so, of course, you know, homosexuality was one of the things that the first pastor, I don't believe the second pastor very often... He was more, what is the word, implicit? Implicit. Okay, so he was more implicit. But the first pastor would be like, you know, here's a list of sins on the wall here. If you look up here on the... Yeah, (laughs) if you direct your attention to the right side of the church, we have painted all of the sins on the wall. (laughs) So you know. Please choose the one that you are mostly interested in. (laughs) Oh, I'm weak. Um, So I chose homo. (laughs) I'll take homosexual for 200. Thanks, pastor. So I'm going out in style. <laughs> um, I chose homosexual. <laughs> so anyway, oh. yeah. So 
he was, you know, more explicit with it. But mm-hmm. um, so it was just everybody. Uh, okay, so I was gay. Okay, yeah. obviously. <laughs> Would have never guessed. Yeah. Just um, kidding. No, that's a joke about <laughs> stereotypes that I don't believe or, in, <laughs> in, or encourage. I don't lie. I just want to put that out there. Oh, you know what? Speaking of jokes. I like, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of jokes, how are you doing? I, well, <laughs> Uh, anyways, sorry. Jesus Christ, help us. Um, <laughs> He's not listening. <laughs> Home up for 200. Um, but anyway, so I. Okay. I feel like I should go back farther because there's a yeah, part of my totally. story that is almost important to tell but it's embarrassing mm. i hate telling people this but you can you can say or not say whatever you want you are not under any obligation or contract as well pro- contrary to the joke we made earlier <laughs> no i mean it's not like i'm not gonna be embarrassed that much um but my family lineage or mm-hmm. line i don't know yeah so my ancestors okay just recently maybe like three years ago or a couple years ago uh, my grandparents actually found um, the man who came here, who is who my so my grandpa's side of the family, uh-huh. um, uh, his great great grandpa, you know, yeah. coming here, he came in the 1620s, mm-hmm. and um, my my grandparents and my mother were very proud to find this and this information, and I mean you could read his will and all this yeah. stuff and his his son's will and. Um, Anyway, and I read it, and I was appalled. Mm-hmm. I was appalled. It was uh, a man who came. He was from. He was Scottish and Irish, and he lived um, near Manchester mm-hmm. in England. And he came here with Reverend, a Reverend, and all his Christian buddies, mm-hmm. basically. Um. Anyway, he got here, and immediately started owning slaves. Oh God! And you know, meanwhile, he's like. And his will, it's all God this, God that, praise mm-hmm. the Lord, you know, whatever. And also, here, let me pass down my slaves to my son. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, my God. And why why in the, uh, excuse yeah. me, why in the fuck <laughs> <laughs> would you, anybody be excited to show me yeah. that? Yeah. Or to show anybody that? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I was like, it didn't make sense to me. I was yeah. looking at that, and I'm like, so we're going to just pretend yeah. that it's, and they'll they'll be like, oh, you know, well, it was more normal back then, like, <sighs> you know, that yes. whole. Oh, thing. I've heard that. I've heard that. I've heard that um, speech. That that uh, that justification mm-hmm. um, about so many things, and uh, that how being a Christian kind of like. Trumps everything, no pun intended. But like being a Christian, like like oh well, they were Christian, they love God, they just didn't know better. Bullshit. Yeah. We're, we're responsible for our actions, and and being a Christian doesn't does not is not a uh, is not a a what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, it does not give you permission. It's not it. You know, it's not like a um. A license, an excuse. Yeah, exactly. It's not an excuse. Being a Christian is not an excuse for being a horrible person. Yeah. And and that moment, I, I it wasn't it wasn't a moment like what you're having, but I I can empathize with that moment of realizing that like when you go, 
oh my you know my parents aren't that great or my family's not that great but they would never support this and then when they support that you're like oh oh my god like that like holy shit (laughs) yeah like just that moment of like no they what are they doing like they have to understand that regardless of what like of what christianity or someone or or god or jesus or anything that like they have to understand this is fundamentally horrible Mm -hmm. and then they don't which it's just it, it's mind boggling. It's heart wrenching. Yes, it's it is absolutely mind boggling. I didn't mean to interrupt that, but I just wanted to let you know that, like, yeah, that that oh, that moment is just that was devastating. I would say that was the beginning of. It was around that time when a lot of I was starting to really use critical thinking in my yeah my religious world, um, and that definitely hit me. Yeah, you know, and another thing that really hit me was um, someone in my family had passed away. And this person, oh, my gosh. Like, I thought the world of him. And he um, he passed away at a very young age. He was 24. And it, it was an accident. So, it, you know, we had no time to prepare, really. Yeah. Um, and something that... Oh, Something that my mother said really hit me, like, it pissed me off so Mm -hmm. much, you know. Um, She was sitting there in tears. I went home. Of course, I was comforting comforting her Mm -hmm. the best I could. Um, And she was sitting there saying, well, you know, it only takes once. And what she was referring to was it only takes one time to accept Christ into your heart you know, and go to heaven. And she was sitting there and she kept making comments of contemplating whether he was in hell or in heaven after he had just passed. And like, you know, like I'm sitting there thinking, well, if he's in hell, then honey, you you don't have much chance. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, (laughs) like I thought, first of all, yeah, exactly. Like this, this person in my mind could do no wrong. So I'm like, so I was like, yeah, um, don't talk to me yeah. <laughs> right <Yeah>. now. <laughs> like, I uh, like. Why would you sit there and, and contemplate that and uh, and like yes. speak about that? Yes. After somebody had just passed, can we not honor their memory for a second? Like, yeah, exactly. That whole like try. I've been there too, where someone passes away and you try. They they try to, um, they try to ascertain as to where whether or not they you're like well you know they could have just you know they, they knew about god mm-hmm. so i'm sure in those final moments of their life they probably reached out to him and and or they would talk about like well you know they were a sinner and they went to hell and i'm like i don't want to like can we just mourn the loss like like does it have to be a religious thing do we have to talk about that do we have to like like is that the whole Jesus Christian thing was more important even than someone's life. Like it was just like the religion that it was. And I, and I, I understand that it's like they believe in heaven and hell and, and that was like really important to them. And that was how they were coping with it. But like, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. It's really frustrating. And you're trained basically um, growing up, you're trained, your brain is trained to constantly think about like you'd be watching movies. If somebody dies, you'd be like, oh, they're going to hell because, because they're not Christian. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like why is that even in your mind? (laughs) Yes. And uh, the person who passed, that was, I think the 
first time that someone had passed that I didn't even consider heaven or hell. Yeah. It didn't even cross my mind because, yeah. of course, you know, they're in paradise. Like, of yeah. course. Because yeah. I just had such a strong um, heart for this person. Like, they were a good person, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Like, a genuinely good yeah, person. Amazing. And you're like, they're a good person regardless of they yeah. went. And I, it just place. wasn't yeah. even a consideration. And so, but yeah, you you hear that and you're like, Ugh. Like, sit down and shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, that is not the priority, but uh, <laughs> thanks for your input, yeah. whatever. So, yeah, there was, you know, a lot of, um, that was definitely big. And then... Um, Can I ask a question about that experience before we move on? Yeah. <clears throat> it, experiences like that um, kind of make, would always remind me, if this person was a good person, a genuinely good person, and they, people were still trying to question whether or not they went to heaven or hell. I would always be like, well, if they were a good person and they didn't deal with something like what I was dealing with, like being gay, being queer, and that you're not entirely sure they went to heaven, there's no fucking way I'm making it. No matter how hard I try, I'm never yeah. getting into heaven. Like, you must think I'm a horrible person if on the scale of horrible sins, I'm homosexuality is at the bottom. And this person was probably like a one or two on the bad scale. And you're not sure they went to heaven. Yeah. Like you must think I'm a piece of shit, you know, like you must think I'm absolutely worthless. Like I had that experience often and I, it, 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 it's detrimental. It's horrible. Yeah. And, and I hate that for, (laughs) I hate that for people. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, but I'm assuming it's, it's, you know, probably you had similar situations where it's like, if that person's not making it, I'm never making it. And then that, that fear that, I mean, yeah, the whole, really what brought me into, um, Christianity so deep to the point where I, you know, moved across the country for discipleship school Mm -hmm. was, um, I just wanted to be straight. Yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. want to I didn't want to be gay. Yeah. Because you know, it was it was the end. I mean, like you couldn't have a relationship with God. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're gay or yeah. if you're queer of any any way, you you just can't. So, um that was a big part like oh, I'm hindering my relationship with God. And uh, you know, now I think about it, it's mostly daddy issues for me. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so. They're not the good kind. <laughs> oh, God, unfortunately, give me daddy issues, and like it's not, it doesn't even turn into a kink. Fuck, come on. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> worthless. All right, let's wrap it. Waste up. of time. <laughs> Here we go. All right, thanks for joining okay, everybody. Yeah. This <laughs> this was lovely. Well, we're gonna we're gonna move on to nothing. You're just gonna play music for the rest of the time. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm weak. Okay. So, but anyway, and when I came out to here to for the school there was um a day that um three people who claimed to have once been queer okay um Mm -hmm. came in and they were very just softly trying to speak to everybody you know it's okay but let's go ahead and repeat after me you know like you know, basically, mm-hmm. you're having um, 
a struggle with your sexuality, but that's not who you really are. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's not a part of you. That's a you know the devil. <laughs> yeah. And so you just have to remember who you are, and that's God's child. And mm-hmm. and um. So you know, repeat after me, <laughs> and then they they tried this a form of conversion therapy in there, and so we actually had to. When it have to, well, I don't know, kind of. No, you had did. to, like the, like you, you, you quote unquote had a choice, but if you didn't do it, you were going to be excommunicated. Like that's usually, in, in my experience, yeah. that's usually how religion there was goes. Going to you be... can do whatever you want, but if you don't do it, never come back. There was definitely you know? at the least going to be some manipulation. You oh, know, absolutely. Abuse at the, the well, even though there already was, but yeah. so you know, and we would go and have these little group times. So all these queer people are. Our goal is to not be queer. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And the irony of that is it worked better than a dating app. You know, most of those people were just fucking leaving and going behind a 7 Eleven and (laughs) living out their fantasies. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was mm -hmm. better than a dating app. God, better than Tinder. Yeah. That's not, I'm not joking about conversion therapy, by the way. That is not something that is. That is is funny, but often those like just those casual meetings, the like the quote unquote support groups that before the conversion therapy was just yeah yeah, yeah we had to read a book and it was the dumbest fucking book. Yeah. We all like <laughs> we all read like the first chapter of it, and all of us were like, no, this is, this is stupid. stupid. Yeah, because it was it was um a very straight cis man, white straight cis man mm-hmm. who wrote the book, and he's basically talking about um. You know, we're a man, so we need to be hunting. We need to be out there hunting in the trees and all this. You know, like it was. What was the name of the book? Can I ask? I can't remember what it was called. I totally. I think I might know what book you're talking about. I think I might have read the same one. It the... was like the way you dress and all this. Like it was very yeah. like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and they even brought up war in the book, like how men. I think it was the same war. book. I think it was the same book. Yes. And we were all like, what the fuck? Like, this yeah. is so dumb. It was It was so much like go into nature and connect. With, yeah. Like, men are supposed to be like we're hunters supposed, and gatherers. Mm, yeah. And, we're supposed to be out in the, yeah. in the nature and all. And it was very, um, it was very misogynistic. It was yes. very like men are the prior, men are the, the better uh, of the sex and we're the, we're the strong ones and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yep. I think I know exactly what book you're talking about. I, I, I can't remember the name either, but I, did it come with a workbook too? Did it have a workbook? Yeah. Yep. I know. I, I, yep. I read the same book. And we the, didn't work on me either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the lead, the lead, uh, one of the lead pastors um, was helping us with that. He, this straight cis man. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a nice guy, but anyway, whatever. And <laughs> but he he was, he couldn't understand. Literally could not understand why the book was problematic. And we were all sitting there telling him, this book is trash. Yeah. You know, like, this is not going to help us. This isn't, like, what do you, like, this is stupid. Yeah. Um. And he was like, huh, okay. Like, I don't get it. I don't know why it's not helping. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, don't you want to go out into the forest and get dirty and kill animals? <laughs> That's not what you want to do as a man. <laughs> you don't want to shoot a gun? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Shoot a bow and, learn how to shoot a bow and arrow. Yeah. Hunt, hide. Good Lord. I don't... The, the layers of how offensive it was. Like, it was, it was misogynistic. It was toxic. It was, you know, it was like putting heterosexu- heterosexuality as the default and the norm. It was just so problematic on so many 
levels. Yes. And it was literally revered, revered like this beautiful, perfect example of what quote unquote men are supposed to be like. And it was genuinely believed to help you like figure out that you're not gay. Like this was the answer. This was the book. This was the the magical book that would make you straight. Yeah. I it was I mm. wish I could remember the name of the book. I really do. I do. I I'm almost positive it's the same one. Yeah, it sounds like. It. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of books like it though. Oh, but yeah. Have, there's this there's this person on Instagram, TikTok, all the social media, but they're a com- they're a, a singer who writes comedy songs. Mhm. And they're doing this trend right now um, where they will post a little clip of of some toxic masculine, toxic, you know, masculine, misogynistic guy talking, you know, on a podcast. And then they come in and sing, um, don't give men microphones. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Stop giving men (laughs) microphones. It's amazing. Oh, it's so great. She's going to make like a whole, she's like, she's going to make a song. Like it's going to be on iTunes. Oh, I saw that on TikTok. Did you? Uh, Sarah Esteros or something? Yeah, just the other day. Yeah. And I was laughing so hard. She's so funny. Yeah, she's amazing. She when when the pandemic first started, she um, did a song on TikTok um, called um, uh, "Tits Up, Mask On." It was really great. <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, yeah, I think it was "Tits Up, Mask On." Yeah, it was so fantastic. I lip synced it in drag. Oh, fantastic! Anyways, that's not the point. It's not about me. We're not here to talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's jump back in to. Uh, your life <laughs> and all your personal vulnerable details. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's dive right. Let's in dive there. right in there. That's not an uncomfortable situation at all. Um, yeah. So where we are at, you were talking about. Um, sorry, I had to adjust my speakers. My speakers. I had to adjust my headphones. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's not the point of the show. Well, bless your heart. Thank you. Um, well. <laughs> I know what that means. <laughs> I know what that means. When... I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um. We were talking, so we were kind of talking about your, um, at, the, at the point you were at this, this cult that you moved all the way out from your hometown to, and I want to ask a question about that. Mm-hmm. So you moved away from your hometown in Alabama to California to go to this discipleship school, you called it. Now, do you think that part of you was trying to run from something and this was like, like step one, maybe even subconsciously step one of getting like like getting away from from the environment that you were at you know yeah that was mm -hmm, for sure yeah because i know that like uh, uh, from experience i know how difficult it is to come out in your hometown and then stay there you know or to be authentic in your hometown and then stay there well yeah it was um i feel like i've done that most of my life actually like i've just just running you know yeah trying to um have it better somewhere yeah. else, you know? Yeah, totally. And especially, you know, when you grow up in a religious environment, you have sometimes one of the best things is to leave. Yeah. Um, and it depends on everybody's situation. And, of course, and yeah. Safety, we always say that safety is the number one priority. Mm-hmm. So you do whatever you need to do to keep yourself safe and mm-hmm. and whatever that means. And there's no, it's not the wrong choice if you're choosing safety. Right. Um, but, and of course, coming out, um, your safety is first. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure totally. you're in a comfortable, 
place. A um, safe place, yeah. And I was I waited until I was in a comfortable place to yeah. come out. Um, and can I ask a question about that mm-hmm. about coming out because, um, so when you think of coming out, when I think of my coming out, I don't think of when I first started to realize that I, you know had quote unquote homosexual tendencies or that was my struggle. Homosexuality was my struggle. Mm -hmm. I think of when I finally, um, uh, come to terms, came to terms and realized it was okay to be gay, Yeah, which was much later than when I realized that I was attracted to, I was attracted to, uh, you know, people at at the time, again, this was way before I knew anything. So I'm, I'm saying gay because, that's what I knew of back then, you know, mm-hmm. and I was attracted to men because I only knew at that time <laughs> there was only men and women in my world. That was it. I didn't right. know there was gender was a spectrum and, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. So. So for you, is it kind of similar where, like, you knew that you, you know, had, quote unquote, homosexual tendencies, but you didn't know it was OK until much, much later? Yeah. Um, and, you know, there were certain people that that knew I was gay Mm -hmm. um but honestly that wasn't until I started becoming more comfortable with my sexuality um and that would be like people at work you know I worked with some people and and, you know I would just kind of come out to them because and then I actually felt so good at work because I was able to be myself and Mm -hmm. um it was amazing um (laughs) And, but yeah, once I, once I finally was like, you know what, I'm ready to just come out. I'm comfortable with my sexuality. Um, I came out to my family. It was 2019 when I did that. Okay. okay. So, so just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I actually, um, I trigger warning, uh, but Thank I you. yeah, um, but I did attempt suicide mm-hmm. a few months after I came out. So I came okay. out in January twenty first of of um, twenty nineteen, and then attempted to unalive myself on it was June. Mm-hmm. Um, there was of course you know people think that coming out is like. I don't know, like it's supposed to be rainbows and butterflies at the end of that tunnel. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. not. I'm, it's usually not. it's not. I hope it is for some people, but. 100%. <laughs> yeah. I and, always hope for the best, but mm-hmm. I think you're bringing up a really important important um, fact and a reminder that <clears throat> contrary to how it's depicted on um, media coming out, it often gets much, much, much worse directly after that. Yeah. And it's something to prepare for. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously didn't really prepare myself. Sure. Um, I could have definitely have done more, you know. Uh, yes. Uh, no. Uh, I <laughs> think you were doing pretty fucking good to come out uh, considering the circumstances. Uh, yes. Uh, like you uh, there. It is not your responsibility to prepare your to 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 deal with your trauma to love yourself. Like it's not how, how I'm not wording this correctly. Um, it's not your fault that you, it, it's not your fault that you had trauma surrounding your coming out. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. That's not your fault. Okay, facts. Yeah, you're, it's not your fault, and and um, you don't 
you came out. That was that was that was amazing. That that that's it. It's all encompassing. You came out. That was fantastic. And the fact that you had trauma surrounding that is not your fault. It's the people who caused it. And mm-hmm. it, and and yeah, don't. Um, I'm not trying to tell you how to feel, but I also don't want you to beat yourself up for something that you had no control over. You okay, know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Of course. For, that's good. <laughs> okay. <Absolutely. laughs> and, and, and I, you know, I want to continue to hear this story, but I just really want to reiterate again that, that um, it's really important for people to know that, um, to know that often right after you come out, it, at least for me, it's like coming out was, I came out of desperation. Mm-hmm. I desperately, I had to do something. I had to do something. And I was so tired of living in one world. Oh, it's exhausting. Yeah. That I wanted to live in the other one. But then once I switched over to that world, it was just as difficult because the situation surrounding it, the trauma surrounding it was still there. But I just, you know, almost was acknowledging it more, was seeing it more for what it was, which was almost as much, if not more devastating, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, I tried to do that Mm -hmm. and I was also grieving the, the person I had lost who had passed away in 2018. Mm -hmm. I hadn't actually, um, grieved yet. It took, it took almost a whole year. It took like six months before I finally, yeah, I'd say about six months before I finally even cried, you know? Yes. Yes. And you know, some people it takes it's it takes a longer. Some I was people, like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To grieving is you know very different for everybody, but um. And anyways, I I I would say um the hardest thing was my mom because she was my best friend. You know, mm-hmm. she was um like my whole world um growing up and I, I was with her all the time and the problem is she's a little kind of narcissistic <laughs> um <laughs> but it's always fun <laughs> there was a lot of religious manipulation and stuff like that and just uh it was a mess but um coming out to her was mm, not that great you know yeah. so which was it was the hardest to come out to her, which it yeah. shouldn't have been. Somebody who is my parent, who is also my best friend, who is it should have been the easiest, you know. Um, and that's one thing. <laughs> like you never know what you're, what people are going to say when you come out. No. You really don't. You it really could don't. be like don't think too much about it because um, <laughs> you could just sit there and sit there like and put yourself in a panic attack. And next thing you know, they're like, oh yeah. Yeah, I knew the whole time. Yeah, and you're like, you're, I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh yeah, totally cool. I love yeah. you. You know, yeah. whatever. Or you could be like, this person's totally gonna be fine with it, and they fucking freak out. Yeah, you know, because ev- everyone's dealing with their own shit and things so personal and intimate and vulnerable, like sexuality, often is very triggering for people, good and bad. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it's really, you're right. It's very unpredictable. Yes, and you really should. You're. It's easier said than done. But you really shouldn't um, take their reactions personal. Yeah, very and, difficult. And when coming out, I I think it actually helped me um, quite a bit the way I came out because I came out to first 
the person who I trusted the most, my sister. Awesome. Um, I think it's very wise to do that because you get that kind of support you get that support you get that grounding yes um so, so come out to somebody you trust um and know will be there for you regardless you know mm -hmm. if you have somebody in your life that's close to you like that just do that first um even if you just come out to that person and then wait yes absolutely you know take some time to just yeah. live in that for you know, and enjoy that enjoy that exactly and then you'll get more courage and support to come out to more people as you go. And yeah. that's, that, that was, um, that was, I'm glad I did it that way. <laughs> that's very good advice. That's it's, it's a psychological, it's absolutely psychological, um, or like a, like a, uh, a thing. I, I, I don't know what, what scientific psychological, whatever, but you know, that it's better to have, you know, set yourself up for small successes, Yeah. you know, like, don't don't like set yourself up for small successes in in um which will then eventually lead to you know your large success and that's so so smart to you know come out to people come out to people who you know are going to have a good reaction and live in that sit in that experience that get that validation until that foundation is strong and mm -hmm. then come out to the people who may not have the best reaction yeah then you have such a good foundation to build on right and you also have a support system you have people to come back on mm -hmm. that you can call and talk to and 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 they will remind you that it's okay and that you're special and that you're loved and all of that yeah you know? yeah and take your time you <laughs> know there's no rush <laughs> there's really no rush i mean i know you it's exhausting mm -hmm. to live two lives you know and and but take your time and yeah. you know obviously be safe um Make sure if you if you know that coming out in a home, maybe you live with your parents and you know that it would probably be very bad if you came out. Don't do it. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Um, I always tell people that only come out if it benefits you. Yes. Only come out if it's going to make you feel better. If it makes you feel better, if it benefits you, if it encourages positive mental health, if it's something that you know is going to improve your life, then do it. If not, you don't have to. You know who you are. Mm -hmm. And that's and you're the only person that matters. Yeah, you know, and I want to mention something too. I just watched this movie the other night for the first time. I have a, I tend to avoid queer movies because they they're quite triggering for me because mm -hmm. I didn't have a good experience. So then when I watch happy movies about happy queer people, I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I want to be happy for them, and I'm so glad that that media is out there because we need to send that message. Mm -hmm. But I'm also just so better about the fact that I didn't get to experience it. We watched the, um, me and uh, my, a couple of my friends watched the movie Love, Simon. Have you seen it? Mm -hmm. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was amazing. Uh, without spoilers, uh, the person, you know, the person, the mm -hmm. bad one, I, oh, oh, I hate them so much. I hated them. They're so, and I, here's my one complaint about the movie. That they, they with spoiler alert for love simon the person that should have been the villain just got like just got away without anything yeah. you know the person the worst person just didn't have to suffer any consequences while all the blame was put on the queer person i was pissed <laughs> i was so angry at that yeah. and i'm like oh but everything else about the movie was beautiful and the the response that the parents had to their son coming out was so beautiful and so heart-wrenching 
because mm. I never got to have that experience. Yeah. I never and never will get to have that experience. Mm-hmm. I will never, my parents will never look me in the eye and say, I'm proud of who you are. I love, I love like you being queer doesn't change anything. I love you. My sister did. My sister did say that. And she has said those specific words to me. Nothing will change how much I love you. Mm-hmm. Nothing, whoever you are, what you do, nothing will change that. Um, and my mom has been very much like, I love you in spite kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. I still love you. But that is a huge thing that we have to mourn when we come out and our yes. parents don't accept us. Um, it that That we will never get to have that experience. Right. It's and so hard. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just, just take care of yourself, love yourself the best you can in, in, the, in those times. And, um, of course, there's plenty of people who have, who have very good coming out stories, very positive, healthy, which I uh, love that so much. So ha- I'm so happy that that is so much more common now, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that that is becoming more of the, the norm. Right. I, I love that. I have a question I'm trying to look up. Why can't I log into my own damn computer? I don't know, Aiden. What's going on over there? I have a specific question that I want to ask you. Um, uh, where? Okay. You talk about moving out here to go to um, a cult, <laughs> um, basically. And uh, I know that those experiences can have really lasting effects on us Mm -hmm. and i wanted to ask you if if what are some of the lasting effects that toxic religion has left you with in regards to being queer to being a queer person are there things that are like prominent in your mind that like oh yeah this is something i'm going to deal with for my life um um yeah Um, body dysmorphia is definitely one. Oh, yep. I mean, that's a thing. It's such a thing. And you know what? You know what's unfortunate about that is, um, is uh, <laughs> you come out of religion with something like that, and you go into the queer community, and there's like this different type of dysmorphia, you know, for mm-hmm. that, like you get it from both ends. But anyways. but there's also there, there's also um internalized homophobia that is something i am deconstructing every fucking day every single fucking day because it, yep. it's so deep it's so deep and mm-hmm. um and you know that's just something you got to work through and and i mean when you're when your brain is drilled um with all these toxic ideas mm-hmm. your whole life and it's <laughs> it's easy to um once you finally transition or come out and on the other side of the the gate yeah it's easy to see some weeds you know that are coming from your from the other side how'd that get over here yeah Yeah. (laughs) like (laughs) Like, why did i bring that with me yeah totally (laughs) so deconstruction is definitely it's a long process it's totally probably probably for the rest of my life yeah um but it's worth it yeah 100 percent worth it i you know i'd like to unpack that a little bit the the internalized homophobia i you know we talk about how <clears throat> that the you know one of the things i like to talk about on the show is the nuances of the challenges and you know a lot of people can understand the overarching large concept of you know uh 
you know, toxic religion, Christians hating gays, but it's the day to day, like you said, the internalized homophobia. I always, you know, we were taught the sky's blue, the grass is green, gay is bad. Like mm-hmm. it's not just an, it's not just an, an ideal that like, like Jesus being the son of God, the fact that there's a heaven and a hell were ideals that were fundamentally drilled into me, but I still knew that they were concepts mm-hmm. that I was being taught and accepted. But the fact that homosexuality is wrong and being gay is bad and that I was bad wasn't just a concept that I was taught. It was ingrained into me, into my reality. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure you can relate to this. When you talk about internalized homophobia, it's not just like, oh, yeah, I, I was taught that gay people are bad. So I'm trying to remember that they're not. It's like, no, 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 no. This is a fundamental aspect of my reality. Mm-hmm. I hate this about myself while also trying to learn how to love it myself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's fundamentally ingrained into who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's the challenging part. You know, that's the deconstruct. You're deconstructing this concept that's still attached to you. You yeah. know, you're taking off this layer of 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 skin that's and it's like taking off a scab that's still attached. You know, you're peeling off the scab, but there's still skin there. Yeah. It's inc- excruciatingly painful. Mm-hmm. And healing takes time, but um, I promise it's so worth it. Oh my god, and. You see, you see, um, over time, you definitely see an improvement in um, the way you think, how you think, um, your perspectives change and shift, and yeah, um, it's definitely worth it. Have you felt some of that growth, some of that change? You, you know, you said you came out officially in 2019. That wasn't that long ago. Have mm-hmm. you, oh, experienced uh, some of that? Oh hell yeah, yeah, a lot of change. Yeah, um, like I was. I was conditioned, you know, basically to believe, like, you know, that there's a great possibility that I was going to go to hell for eternity. Yeah. So you, um, you're in this constant fear. And. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. The fear is intense. Unreal. Unreal. And you would just cry. Mm. I used to cry every Every single night. night. Yeah. And if I watched gay porn, oh my god, I'd cry, I'd double yeah. cry. Oh my god, yes. Like, if you do it, anything that 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 encourages the homosexuality in yeah. any capacity, like, <laughs> yeah, like I would uh, be begging God for forgiveness oh, all the time. Yes, altar calls, I'm going up because I every need to be Sunday, saved again. yep, <laughs> every fucking Sunday, <laughs> like, just devastatingly sobbing at the altars oh because you are such a worthless <laughs> failure. Yep. Like, and of course we're about to, some people are going to be triggered. Real talk, trigger warning. Um, Seriously. Uh, thank you. Rapture. Oh, because I still get chills. Yeah. I still get chills thinking about it's that. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. It's um, absolutely terrifying. And this, and, um, you know, especially when you, you're basically on a time clock. Right, and you're fucking you have it's you have you know so many so many days so many days you better get the gay out of you quick because because you're gonna be left behind. Not just a timeline, but you didn't know when it was gonna happen. Yeah, it's kind of like taxes. (laughs) 
<laughs> Have you seen those memes where it's like, you owe us taxes, you owe us money. Well, how much? I don't know. This yeah. much? Nope. Going to jail. That's how the rapture is. It's like, I'm coming back to take all of the God's children away, back up mm-hmm. to heaven so that they can live in paradise. Cool. When is that happening? Not telling. Yeah. But it's definitely going to happen. Yep. Oh, when? soon. Oh, not even. How the, soon? Not even the. Uh, not even the Son of God knows not, the return. No one of, knows. Just, just God. Just the Father. Just God. Just God. And it's like, <sighs> and your thoughts can send you to hell. It's going to happen in an instant, in the blink of an eye. It's going to happen. So you're not going to have a warning. The skies aren't going to open up. You're not going to get this like, you know, thank you ten. You know, like in in, in theater where then, the ten minute warning. Nothing. Nothing. It's just going to happen. And and if if you happen. If you happen to see a really attractive guy walk the street, walk across the street, and you're like, "Wow, that guy's really attractive!" Boom, you're not going to go to yep. going to heaven. They said if you're if you're watching porn while you're, uh, you're watching por- while well, the rapture happens, that was my going. biggest fear. <laughs> that was my biggest fear that I was going to be currently enjoying a nice piece of cinema, <laughs> and that the rapture was going to happen in that moment, in that every time, Look every how time. Unfortunate would that be. Like, I was convinced. Yeah, I, mean, I was convinced it was going to happen. I was like, I know I'm going to be fucking smoking a cigarette. Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah. that sit yep. on me. And yeah, but I haven't asked forgiveness yet for it, so I'm going to get left behind. Like, I know. And then there's seven years of t- just seven years of torment. On Earth, mm-hmm. and and you and um, <laughs> you have basically the whole idea was like. There's a redemption for the for people during those seven year seven years, but you are first of all there's no Holy Spirit. No yeah. Holy Spirit's gone, mm-hmm. so you have no comfort, you have no helper, no comforter, no nothing. Yeah, God, Jesus, no Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Fucking fucked off. They're out. They're they out, couldn't give gone. two shits about you. Yeah, yeah. Anymore, we already you had your chance. And you had your you two thousand. You redeemed years. yourself, right? But you're gonna you're gonna experience a lot of torment and torture from the devil during those times because and you get no help from God. And yep. So you know what we were taught about that? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, yeah, so you know what we were taught about the rapture? Mm-hmm. Uh, trigger warning. This is gonna. This is intense. I'm I'm so sorry. This so but intense. it's this is what we were taught. Um, so we were taught that before Jesus died on the cross, the only way that you could get into heaven was through sacrifice, um, uh, sacrificing a life, which is why there were so many animal sacrifices in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Horrible to begin with. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, the, the concept that a God requires something living to die for yeah. you to, that is, uh, the here's, uh, here's irony. You know how... Uh, you know, Christians and were always talked about witches and how bad witches were in Halloween and witches and they would sacrifice, you know, like, you know, so bad because they would sacrifice things. What do you think the fucking Bible was doing? They mm. were killing animals on a regular basis mm-hmm. to go to heaven. Anyways, <laughs> the, the hypocrisy just. But whew. it was pure. But it was it what? Was, it was a pure lamb. <laughs> um, pure lamb. So when Jesus came to die on the cross, he died on the cross and. And made the ultimate sacrifice. So now no more animals were needed to, needed to be sacrificed right. for people to go to heaven. After the rapture, that sacrifice was null and void, which meant you had to go back to making sacrifices to mm-hmm. get into heaven. Mm-hmm. But since there was no forgiveness, there was no nothing, an animal sacrifice wouldn't work. You had to die. And you couldn't. You had to die by someone else's hand, specifically under the circumstances that you were refusing to denounce God. That was the reality that um, we were told we were going to live. Yeah. 
after the, if we didn't go in the rapture. Plus, remember those, um, remember those, what are those demon crickets? What are they? The, uh, tail of a scorpion, uh, head of a human. Um, yes. And they like were the, like, the beast they would that... come out from the ground and they go and sting people. And yes. They basically are in so much amount of pain for the rest of the tribulation. Like they, yeah. There was, there was like these post-apocalyptic like th- th- it was this post-apocalyptic reality and we were children we were children we were told we were being that yeah. i remember shivering in in panic i was when my terrified when my dad would tell me these very very descriptive just death and chaos and yep. i'm just like just I, i'm a five-year-old kid <laughs> it's so <laughs> trim tr- i mean I, I, I can you imagine sitting your your three, four, five year old child down, making them watch a movie that is full of the most atrocious things that you can possibly imagine happening to humans and then saying, This is the future you have to look forward to if you don't do exactly what I say. Yeah. That is abuse. I mean that's abuse. That's child abuse. <laughs> you know, if if a parent did that today, mm-hmm. if a parent sat down and used those tactics specifically those stories to get their children to obey, I would report them. And that's the reality that we lived every single day. I remember my mom, uh, <laughs> when my, my little brother, he's 10 years younger than me. And she started reading a Bible story for him mm-hmm. um, with me in there. And with you in the Bible story? No, me. I was. In oh, the room. you were in the room. I yeah, was like, yeah, no. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm in the Bible. You, yeah, we're now? the. <laughs> 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 um, but it was the Book of Job, and if anybody knows the Book of Job, it is not. Not exactly uplifting. No, it's yeah. it's um pretty chaotic and pretty stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's sitting there reading it so pleasantly. <laughs> There's nothing pleasant about no. the story of Job. It's very traumatic. It is. Yeah. And my brother was, he um he's on he's on the spectrum of autism, mm-hmm. and um he, I mean shoot you could not be on the spectrum still shiver like and that he would, did he, totally absolutely. But he was having he was noticeably having a reaction to yeah. what he was hearing. He was getting mm-hmm. uncomfortable, and he was fidgeting and he was doing a lot of hand movements and yeah. like in his eyes and everything. Like you could see it, and she kept reading yep and i snapped on her so I said, yeah i said could you stop right yeah. now can you not see you're affecting your yeah. child you're traumatizing <laughs> your child like yeah and she luckily she did but i was oh i just wanted to that the the, the the using fear and using manipulation like that to control kids convincing them that that's going to get them into heaven like if the fear of hell and the fear of wrong and the fear of jesus's judgment god's judgment was the manipulating factor to get children to obey. Yeah. It's horrifying. It's absolutely horrifying. I just don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I just don't, nor do I want to. I don't mm-hmm. want to understand that. And for, and also I would like to say that for anybody listening who um, identifies as a Christian, right? The rapture is not in the Bible. <laughs> no. It's, so it's, it's, so calm down. You're fine. Everything's gonna <laughs> Everything's be fine. fine. Everything's going to be fine. Um, it's totally mistranslated. It, yeah. The rapture is a new concept that came out in the 1800s from a girl who, uh, I know that. a young girl in Scotland claimed to have a vision. And then it was popularized from British, a British writer, which I don't know. Oh, uh, okay. So that makes sense. it's very new that, and it's, mm-hmm. 
you know, even you could say that the early church um, in the time of Acts didn't believe in the rapture. So why should you? You know? Yeah, totally. So unfortunately, unfortunately, the translation of the Bible that we have today that is really common. Someone mm-hmm. decided that this is how it was, and then mm-hmm. they talked about it enough that it became popularized and became very much. I hate to to make this comp. Well, I don't really hate to actually. I think it's appropriate, but um, it's very much like a trend. You know, yeah. 10 years from now, people are going to speak things as this is how language changes, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like how things get into the dictionary that it's like, well, this is a common term that people have used enough that now it's part of our language. That's very much how like a lot of the Bible ends up becoming became about, you know, like I know I'm just simplifying it and I'm not trying to devalue it. But th- unfortunately, so much of the Bible is just popular <laughs> concepts that people put in there yeah. because they were trying to manipulate other people, you mm-hmm. know, and that's the current the current um, version and interpretation of the Bible that we have today is really unfortunately like that. It's just so much manipulation and control. It really is. And it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense. Well, it makes sense in a, in a way that uh, it's like these just rich, powerful men mm-hmm. using religion as a tool. Yeah. You know, to basically just get people in line, do what they want, go yeah. and give us your ten percent. Yeah. Like yep. um it yeah. Yep. And if, if you don't give us your ten percent, you're going to live in poverty yep. for the rest of your life. You might even go to hell for it. The uh <laughs> yep. The the bad pastor of my church um was a narcissistic uh narcissistic uh abusive like uh person who wanted to control us and take our money like he mm-hmm. was absolutely the, the the stereotype of of bad pastors like that's exact like he literally like basically got off on being able to control people and yeah. being able and and him and having them like like lift him up you know he was so narcissistic it was really disgusting and that's so common. It's so sad. And, and you know, I do want to clarify again that, like, the stance that we have on this podcast, on this show, is that that religion is not inherently bad, but bad people often use religion as a tool. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you want to, if, if, if being a Christian and following Jesus is the way that you find happiness and the way that you, the path by which you can be a better person and treat people better, then good for you. Like, that's fantastic. That's fine. But... I don't care if you're using Christianity or if you're using being gay or queer, mm-hmm. if you're using those things to hurt people, it's wrong. It's toxic. It's bad. Yeah. And, and unfortunately religion is used so often to manipulate and control and abuse people. And it's so it, often. It's so often. Do you remember, do you remember, um, you ever heard of Benny Hinn? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, yeah, of course. Yep. <laughs> um, the one that would, throw his hand out and everyone would fall down, yeah. you know, cause he was slaying every, he could heal people mm-hmm. and do all this kind of stuff. Smack him with his jacket. Yeah. Hit people, throw them on the ground, but do all would, this kind of stuff. He would sell, um, handkerchiefs. He would sell handkerchiefs that he prayed over mm-hmm. anointed with his anointing. Oh, we did that at our church and sell them for huge Announce. fucking profits. Mm-hmm. We didn't sell the handkerchiefs, but we did believe in that concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but I do, I do recall during my, I should say awakening or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I do recall hearing Benny Hinn say, and I loved Benny Hinn at the time. You know, I was a fanatic. Um, I couldn't stand him. I I thought he was annoying. 
I'm like, I don't care how close you are to God. You annoy the crap out of me. Oh yeah, he had me. He had me convinced. Nice. Um, <laughs> you know, I did like. I did. I like Joyce Myers. That's who I. Liked. Oh yeah, we yeah. we were a Joyce Myers fan. Oh, I love Joyce Myers. Anyways, continue your story. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but so there was one where he said um, he was telling a story to his congregation that one time um, he he was. He he basically was saying that today is a day that if you don't tithe, a curse will fall upon you. Oh, and all this like it was yeah. like so disgusting. And then another time he there was uh he had I guess he said something that two a couple had disagreed with or something. I don't mm-hmm. know what he said. He probably said something awful. But the couple gets up and he's telling his congregation this story. The couple gets up and starts to leave, and he says he yells them and he says um if you walk out that door then the holy spirit will leave you yep if you walk out that door if you walk out my doors yep then the holy spirit won't be with you and you're going to go die and go to hell and yeah. they <sighs> walked out and then so we're, of course you know he's telling the story and we're all like everybody in the congress oh my, oh my gosh, gosh you're such oh a man no. of god yeah you know that's terrible how could they do that mm-hmm. you know like those people on, went on to live very happy lives, yeah. I'm sure, <laughs> because they got out of that bullshit. Out of it. Good for them. <laughs> Good we for applaud. Them. Good for you. Good for you. Whoever you are. We love that for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we I had similar experiences at our church where the pastor would, you know, there was a couple in our church that just fucking would get up, get up and leave because the pastor was so just blatantly just out there with so many of the things that he claimed. Just yeah. horrible, horrible things. And I love I, I when I say love, I mean hate that concept of how many times they would threaten you with curses and, and God's judgment if you didn't give them money. If you didn't give mm-hmm. them money. If I walked up to somebody right now and said, I'm going to put a curse on you if you don't give me ten percent of your income every month. Like wh- uh, what? Yeah. Like I and I've said this before on the on the podcast, um, that if you Unfortunately, with a lot of these, with a lot of the cults, the people who are using religion as tools to abuse people, if you remove the Jesus aspect of it, it is closer to mental illness and instability mm-hmm. than it is religion. Oh, yeah. I remember having a whole on panic attack thinking it was the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If you take the whole, if, if you used the same tactics that these abusive religious environments are using, but you took the whole Jesus, you just took the word Jesus out of it, just Jesus. And you mm-hmm. said those same things to a people, it it would be considered abusive. Yeah. And you would be considered mentally ill. Like, and rightly so. Um, and, and I'm not saying that everybody that's doing that is mentally ill, but I'm saying that it's very damaging. When those mm-hmm. people that are using that to abuse people, it's very, very damaging. Oh, my goodness. We had at the, at the, um, cult I was a part of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we mm-hmm. had just okay. So the year I was there, somebody had um, unalived themselves. Who was up in there? Mm-hmm. It's it's extremely traumatic to be in this cult, and that's why it's, yes, you know, people ugh, just be careful where you go. But um, because it's all about you know they say it's all about healing, right? But the problem is, is not this is not. These are not professionals. No. They are not licensed therapists. They're not doctors. This is dangerous. It's dangerous. And 
so we had some a uh, girl, beautiful girl. Um, I don't lie to yourself. And then just a year later, I had actually um, moved back. And I'll tell you a story about moving back. Um, mm-hmm. I had moved back not for the for the cult, just for myself, basically. Yeah. Um, but so I you s- moved out here for the cult, moved away. Went back to Alabama. And, and then, then came back here not yes. for the cult. Yeah. Got it. Um, but I was still hanging around with the with the community. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that year... Someone who I was roommates with last year had, a, who was doing uh, another year at the mm-hmm. school, had unalived themselves. So that's two people, and there was actually an investigation on them. Um, Good after that, yeah. And I, I hope they were fined or something. I don't know. I had, they kept a hush hush, but I hope they were had consequences. Um, but actually, well, what had happened was they brought in. Um, a licensed therapist. <laughs> Good. Uh, <laughs> I'm so I'm so just overwhelmingly frustrated and angry about this. Yeah, yeah they probably had to. They were probably they were probably like it was yeah. court order. Probably. Yeah, if I'm they sure. Wanted to keep it open. You have to have a licensed therapist on board because the amount these people. I interrupted you again, and I'm sorry. No, you're good. But these people that they think they are so good at fucking everything and they think that because they are so close to jesus and they've decided that they're so good at everything they take people's lives into their hands Mm -hmm. we're not just talking about like general advice or like encouraging words we're talking people come to them with legitimate genuine mental illness and they are counseling them With no, with no training, training <laughs> no understanding, no concept of how psychology, brains work, trauma works, nothing. And giving them, ad, quote unquote, advice that is so detrimental and damaging and giving it to them as if it is fact. It is. It's dangerous. It that's is. the thing it's that extremely we're. Dangerous. It's so dangerous. And that's why. I mean, that's why we do this podcast. Yeah. Because people's lives are literally at stake and completely uneducated narcissistic people are are taking those lives into their mm-hmm. hands you know we had well we had a we had a thing where um it was called a sozo i don't know if you ever heard of that but mm-hmm. it's the inner healing basically extreme intense inner healing with the holy spirit and you go you go into a room with usually um two people usually it's a pair mm-hmm. and they basically just pray over you um, you can you can just sit there if you want to. You can do whatever you want. But the whole idea is to get extremely emotional. The whole idea is to basically go into the very root, you know, go deep within your within your trauma and just have a panic attack. Yeah. <laughs> and and no one around and, knows what to do about it. And they're just oh, you know, praying and thanking the Holy Spirit for being there and like you're having a mental breakdown. Yeah. And there's no professionalism. You know, it's just, it's just, yeah. we're no, just going to let it happen. I mean, it is the equivalent of walking into a room with a broken arm and then being like, yeah, we can handle it. Let's get a Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah, we're totally, we can handle a broken arm. We, we've talked to Jesus. And then, like, and then you leave just exhausted and you're depressed for the next couple of days. Maybe you feel a little bit euphoric afterwards, but it's just. Ugh. It's endorphins. It's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's. You just it's, cried for an, an hour. Yeah. <laughs> you, the, uh, you have exposed your trauma to the world and then nothing was done about it. Yeah. It's. And that's one of the, yeah, it's super dangerous. Um, I think. 
Isn't it amazing how Elton John just makes everything better? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely everything better. Um, thanks for sticking with us, everyone. I know we have we have really deep dived into some intense subjects today. Oh yeah. Some intense topics and um and but you know, that that's what it's like. That was our reality. It yeah. was this intense, if not more. And it needs to be it needs to be d- discussed more. It really does need to be talked about. We you know, I'm really big about normalizing subjects normalizing topics letting people like talking about them more so that people can realize that they're out there and normalize them and hopefully yeah find their path to healing you know that like i think the more we talk about difficult topics the easier it is for people to talk about them and then the more that they talk about them the more likely they are to connect with someone who can help them Mm -hmm. you know um and speaking of that we've got a couple minutes left speaking of you know paths to healing what was what was one or how you know we've only got 10 minutes so not too many (laughs) (laughs) but what was something or a couple things that really helped you find a path of healing for yourself yeah um i think one that was big for me was moving it was moving. Mm -hmm. yeah um it was very especially this time around coming back here in march Mm -hmm. um a lot of healing um, just getting away. Sometimes you just need to get away from from your environment. Yeah. Um, just get out of that. Like mm-hmm. sometimes the 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 trauma is being reinforced by the environment. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, taking a break from talking to family members. Um, now, yeah. this might be difficult for some people, but I had to do it um, mm-hmm. with my mom. Yeah. I had to take a break, and I'm mm-hmm. still on that break, and. You know, I want, of course, I want to have a relationship with her one day. Of course. Um, Absolutely. But sometimes you just need to take a break. Um, And because, I mean, it was at the point where anytime I would talk to her on the phone, I'm having, I'm having panic attacks Mm -hmm. just from, we couldn't be talking about nothing. Yeah. But just that involvement is Mm -hmm. very triggering. So that was when I knew I was like, okay, I'm obviously need some time alone and, um, well, at least away from her. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so those are two things that really has have helped. And also the just de- continuing uh, de- deconstruction of religious trauma. Like, you know, just you're not going to go to hell. Mm-hmm. You know, telling yourself, like, you're you're not a bad person. You're not yeah. possessed. You're not. Yeah. You, and you are beautiful. You are perfect. You mm-hmm. know. These words of affirmation, basically, every day. So when you say deconstruct, um, did you have assistance in that deconstruction? Where did you particularly uh, start the learning process of deconstruction? Um, I would say it mostly started after the passing of the individual in my family. So it's something that started... So that event was kind of like a catalyst for something that yeah. started inside yourself. Yes. And and was able to grow from inside mm-hmm. that. And I was just, I was becoming more, okay, I'll say this. Um, I actually, as far as the whole B, 
becoming straight thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be straight so bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> How foolish was that? <laughs> <laughs> I just, just want to wear a tie and not a bow tie. Um, I just want Carhartts with pockets. I mean, yeah, I just want <laughs> cargo pants with pockets on them. Oh, God, isn't that too much to ask? <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, actually what I had done, what I started to do, because nothing was working. Okay, nothing was working. God mm-hmm. was not healing me. Oh, yeah. It was so frustrating. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to love myself in a manipulative way. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to love myself as I am. So that way I'll start to heal because, you know, homosexuality is from the devil. Yeah. So I'll start to heal and be connected more to God. I'll, the next thing you know, I'll love vagina. So... <laughs> <laughs> Can we say that? I think oh. we can. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> We're just a live radio station that goes out to all ages. It's totally fine. Too late. <laughs> um, <laughs> excuse me. Ahem. So, <laughs> anyway. Uh, um, on that note, goodbye, folks. See you later. Unfortunately, this podcast is ended. We'll never be back. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, so, uh, d- you funny. started to love yourself. You yes, tried to love in a yourself. Mani- in a mani- manipulative way. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I actually, what's funny, I started to actually love myself. It backfired. It did. Yeah, it was the like. The manipulation yeah. part started going away. It wasn't working. And I was actually loving myself. That is And then I'll go beautiful. out. Like, and I'm like, oh, I, you know, I am gay and I am queer and I love myself. I love that. And I love me. Yeah. And then that really started the um, uh, with me almost using, I started using more critical thinking skills and just a bunch of different things. Of course, I really didn't have a very good, um, uh, I was very much alone in this, yeah. unfortunately. Um, so, As often many queer people are. Yeah. You know, they don't find their support group until well into their journey, you know. Right. And that's I mean, rough. you know, most of your friends are these Christian folks. Yeah. And so you've 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 perfectly, I mean, purposely excluded people from your life that would that would encourage your 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 queerness, your homosexuality, because you're afraid that they will lead you astray. And you've only surrounded yourself with people that are that are bad for you, but you don't know that. And so then all of a sudden, when you start to love yourself like you do, like you said, and you start to come to that realization, you have you are lost. You are completely lost. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 really common, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, but I love that you know uh, Tucker. Uh, and, and Noel and I, uh, Tucker, Tucker Noir, they have the show Mother Tucker, at, mm-hmm. you know, from 10 to 12 right here on HumboldtAir.org um, on Saturdays from 10 to 12. They, we, ta- we, we, you know, we, we uh, joke about, we seriously joke about the, you know, the um, using our um, powers for good or, you know, using our, our superpowers for good that, you know, like using, for example, using the manipulation that we learned from being in church to, mm-hmm to manipulate our brains into loving ourselves, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the obsession that we had with, you know, you know, we, we learned how to do incredible fundraisers to raise money for Jesus. And so now we totally (laughs) know how to do great fundraisers to raise money for queer things. Like, you know, the performance, like using our power, taking the things that the church instilled into us that are so damaging and using them to create beautiful things in our lives. It's, it's I'm I'm so impressed that you had the ability, the integrity, the self-awareness to know that what you were missing was love, like so, like loving yourself and yeah. that then 
you had the self-awareness to start loving yourself and that bloomed into loving yourself (laughs) you know you were trying to love out the gay and said you loved it right in (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's exactly what that's that's beautiful (laughs) i think that's really amazing yeah um that it it, well it's exhausting to hating yourself oh it's exhausting yeah you know just crying yourself to sleep a lot of self-harm physically mentally and and so exhausting. Yeah. And then when you finally start to love yourself for who you are and um, so liberating. It's, yes. it's freedom. Yeah, it really is. And, and I encourage everyone, every single person to um, learn, start to learn how to love themselves. It's exhausting and terrifying and difficult. And, and we are often, especially queer people who have grown up in toxic religious environments, we are not given the tools to learn right. how to love ourselves. We do not know how to do this. It's definitely a process. It's a process. And like, like learned, like, uh, like, uh, uh, approach it like a class. Like you, you know, these are skills you don't have. You got to learn them and then mm-hmm. go to a therapist, go like get the help you need, find the support group you need, find yeah. it wherever you can and realize that it's not your fault. Um, you are not responsible for the things that happen to you, but you do have the power within you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is so beautiful. And I hope it, they, they take away that, that you may not have the skills or the tools by which to, you may not have the skills or tools or were not taught to how to control that power within you, mm-hmm. but it's there. And Absolutely. that's the encouraging part. Yeah. You may not know how to use it yet, right. but, but it's not gone. Mm-hmm. It's not gone. So like find someone that can help you learn how to use it because that power, that knowledge, that energy to learn how to love yourself is in you somewhere. Yeah. And just find the people that can help you find it. And you're definitely not alone. You're not alone. No matter how alone you feel, mm-hmm. you are not, you are not alone. And, and, and there is somebody out there that isn't just like you, but is going through what you're going through and, and does love you yeah. and cares about you. There is someone out there. We're here. If no one else, if you're yeah. listening to this, it's us. We're here. Please message us. Speaking yes. of that, you can find us on social media if you would like to. It's our turn pod um, on Instagram. You can email us at it's our turn pod at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, um, uh, or things, topics you'd like to talk about or things you'd like us to, you know, that you'd like us to talk about or anything. Just email us. You want to say hi? You don't have anybody else? Say hi. I was, uh, yeah, just email us. Um, and uh, this podcast, we are up and live. We have a podcast. It's on um, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. It's our turn, Queers and Cults. Uh, I have not got up to the point where I am editing and uploading the I think what I'm going to do with this episode though because I think it's really beautiful and I want people to have it I think I'm going to edit and upload this episode this week I'm working on getting all of our back episodes uploaded mm-hmm. I think I'm going to edit and um, edit this episode get it up on the podcast this week so people can listen to it because I think that's really amazing and beautiful and I want them to be able to access it mm-hmm. but I am working we are not currently up to I'm working on getting all of our old episodes out and it's a lot of work and i'm yeah. sorry that i'm not caught up to date but it's oh i'm sure on it. it's, i'm <laughs> sure it is a lot of work so don't don't be hard I'm, I'm working on it but um this episode will be available next week wednesday thursdays is usually my goal but we are there listen to our past episodes emerson's stories up there my stories up there um 
uh, the show we did with Tucker Noir is up there. Um, this this episode will be up there next week, and then we talk about femininity. And I just uploaded one about music too. So oh, there's nice. a few episodes. There's a few options up there to listen to. So go check it out. We would love we'd love to hear from you. Comment um, comment on it or just whatever. I don't know. Just we'd love to hear. We just want to hear from you. We just want to hear from you. <laughs> Only good things. If you have anything bad to say, don't message us. We don't care. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not interested in your negativity. Thank you. Bye. We, I just adore each and every one of you. I'm so glad that you listened. Thank you so much, Tony, for being here and Thank sharing you your story and being so vulnerable and just opening oh, up. So about, good. Yeah, the, re, the it's it was really good. It was very healing for me, and and I absolutely loved it. I would love to have you back again. I'm mm-hmm. sure that you probably have told about one one hundredth of your story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've got a lot more to talk about. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks everyone for being here. Um...